Welcome to Thoughts on the Tinkerage. At some point I'll probably try and get some music to start the start the show. Shift show is actually the right word. Anyway, perhaps a bit of an introduction, particularly in case you haven't heard episode zero. This is episode one of Thoughts on the Tinkerage. My name is Andy Pugh and it's what it says it's thoughts this podcast is still something that is in evolution this is the first episode i'm sure things will change i think every podcast that i've listened to from the start has changed in some way and i'm sure this will be no different for those of you that are watching because this will go up on youtube as well as going out on podcast providers uh, you'll probably realise that I'm not in the Tinkerage. I'm currently playing Dad's Taxi, and so I'm stuck in a car park on a very cold January night. And I thought rather than just sit here browsing through Instagram on my phone or reading, that I would get a few thoughts shared. So do excuse if there are kind of strange sounds around. I'm not far. I'm at a car park for a supermarket. I'm in kind of one edge, so hopefully there won't be too many cars around. But there is a, a railway track about a hundred meters straight in front of me. I just like as a bit of an introduction to explain a little bit about the Tinkerage. Now for those that follow me on Tales from the Tinkerage, my YouTube channel, you'll know that the Tinkerage is the name I give to my workshop. And I thought I'd just give a little history to that and explain how it evolved and how it's more than just a place now. When we moved to our current house over a decade ago, I moved from a place with quite a decent-sized workshop that was a, an advance over my previous workshop in our first house together as a married couple. Uh, I, was, I was quite pleased to get some work workspace. Uh, that was quite a small shop in the first house. It was just literally at the end of the house. It was an old outbuilding. I had to re-roof it. It was, it was dry and it was secure, so that, that was a good thing. It had room for a bench along one wall. There was just about enough room to put a bike in at the other side. And there goes the train. I'm not sure if that's going to show up on the audio. I'll probably edit this out anyway. And there was room to, to, to make things in there. And I started acquiring more tools. already had some. I started getting bench tools, uh, like my mitre saw. And I did a lot of the work at home, where we could. Uh, I installed a new kitchen, did a lot of DIY, and acquired tools through the process. When we moved house, we again moved to a house that needed work to be done, so that was good. And it was nice that we had a garage, which we hadn't previously had. 
unfortunately, or, or fortunately, depends on your viewpoint, um, the garage was inaccessible to a car. Now, it wasn't that the, like, some modern garages that, and actually some older garages in the UK, where they're not quite wide enough for cars. I know a few people who have houses that are fine if you have an original Mini, the garage that is. But if you had anything larger than that, you had to pull mirrors in to get through the door and actually getting out would require you to put foam on the garage wall so you didn't scrape your door every time you opened it. And if you happen to have a larger car, forget it, you just won't get apart. And so in many parts of the UK, you'll see people have converted their garages. And it's often, A, because they need more space, they might want a studio, they might want a little granny annex, they might want a workshop, or just they couldn't fit their car in. Now, this garage was wide enough to fit a car in, but the house was on a hill. And the lane, it was at the back of the house, and the lane was such that if you tried to get the car in, you grind, grind, yeah, yeah, it was a bit of a grind, actually, you ground one side of the car. Now, short of buying kind of a, a, a high-lift suspension system or buying a 4x4, which probably wouldn't have been high enough, we just decided to just park at the front of the house. The upside of that, of course, for me, was that I had a really good-sized workshop. It was a, a larger-than-average single garage. Um, Probably, from my estimation, the size of a lot of American single garages, maybe on the small side of some American single garages. So I had room for a couple of benches. I did have to share it with a, a tumble dryer. But there was space to build things. I had uh, shelving. And I was able to start acquiring more tools. Again, a lot of that was for sorting the house out. The time came for us to move, and we found a house that was in need of a lot of work again, which helped keep the price down. Had a fantastic garden, but although there was a hard standing where a garage would have once been, it would have been a small garage, judging by the ones that remain in our street. There was no workshop, or large workshop. What there was, though, was an old outhouse. The house was old enough that it had uh, essentially two outhouses. Originally, the house would have had uh, a two, three-portion uh, building. Uh, a quarter of it was for a coal bunker. Another quarter was for the outside privy, the, the toilet. And the other half was for the old scullery, uh, where people would have done their laundry. So there's a chimney, there was 
place for where there would have been a stove and a big sink and a, a draining board and that is a small space it's not a garage but an ideal place to tinker and so I kind of it, first of all it was it became a storage space when we first moved in things were just rammed in uh, things that we didn't have space for things that had previously been in the in the garage uh, there were no benches there was just an old Belfast sink uh, for those listening from abroad uh, a Belfast sink is a heavy ceramic sink uh, rectangular rounded edges um, probably about well they do vary in size slightly um, but they're about 12 to 18 inches deep so kind of sort of 30 to 45 centimeters deep and so it had that it had a cold tap no hot I think there was I think there was power I can't remember it's quite a long time ago now but it was a pretty rubbish space as we sorted the house out, as we sorted out stuff that we brought with us, we got it to a point where I could say, well, I, I, actually I could put a bench in here and maybe do some things with it. And we had some leftover worktop. And so I put a worktop in, a bit of worktop, kitchen worktop. Uh, just used some construction timber, really cheap wall bar at the back to support the worktop and a, a fairly straightforward frame at the front uh, with a shelf. And that bench, apart from a change of worktop, has, has existed ever since. And over time, lots of changes have happened. Additional workbenches put in, reconfigured some of the shelving, put drawers in, took drawers out, self-supported shelving units in. And the sink got changed, the Belfast sink was taken out, and the kitchen sink, when we refurbished the kitchen, came through. So we had power put in, had hot water plumbed in, and so now there's... A sink with hot and cold water, there's lighting, there's power sockets, there's a couple of benches, the sink has a, a worktop added onto it so that I can use that as, well at the moment, a dumping ground. And because it was a place for me to tinker, because it was a kind of replacement for the garage that I'd lost, I started calling it my tinkerage. Now, I thought I'd invented that name. It's not a name that I recall ever seeing. Um, but research since has thrown up uh, a, a place in New Zealand that's called the Tinkerage. And there's a few other people that kind of sort of tinker. I, I'm not sure there's any other Tinkerages in the UK uh, or in America, just the one in New Zealand. Uh, I don't kind of claim I invented term. Um, 
because I don't I think the one in New Zealand may have been there before me. Um, it doesn't really matter. Over time, I've just tinkered. And I've done all sorts of things in there. I've worked wood, metal, plastic. Uh, I'll, I'll talk more about my making and my making history in another episode. But particularly once I started going online, once I started sharing the Tinkerage with other people through Instagram, through YouTube, I've begun to consider the Tinkerage is, is not just a place, but actually it's kind of a bit of a state of mind. I think it kind of describes the way I work. I've always considered myself a bit of a jack of all trades when it comes to making. And that's a that's a, a phrase that I'm, I want to talk about in an episode because people often talk about jack of all trades, often in a negative way, uh, but there's more to the, the same. But certainly, as a maker, as someone who doesn't want to be labelled with just one form of making. I don't want to be a woodworker. I don't want to be a metal worker. I don't want to be a blacksmith. I want to do metalworking. I want to do woodworking. And I want to do blacksmithing. And I, I love that. That's why I love the term maker because it can summarise those things. So the Tinkerage, it's a place. It's a place where most of the time I can go and think and make. And fix things, which is very satisfying. Make things, it's very satisfying. To create. That's another word that I want to talk about at some point. Maker, creator, creator, fixer. Labels, I don't think are necessarily good. Train to London going past again. Don't know whether you'll be able to hear it or not. Or even if I'll edit this out. Uh, I think for now that might be enough about the Tinkerage. I've written so far a list of about 40 topics that I want to talk about. So I figure that that's at least a starting point, 40 episodes. Now, there's a suggestion uh, I've heard from... Vincent Ferrari, uh, from on Instagram, Handmade by Vincent. Uh, he also has a podcast, Because We Make, uh, which he hosts uh, with Ethan. Uh, forgotten Ethan's surname. Sorry, Ethan, if you're listening to this. He reckons that if you can get to about 20, 24 episodes of a podcast, you'll probably keep going. As I said, I think in my introduction, that's over a week since I recorded that, and I haven't listened to it since I, I have edited it, but I haven't put it up yet, and I haven't listened to it again. In there I said, I haven't yet worked out, this is evolving, how many episodes I will put out at a time. But certainly for the first time. I, I don't want to put out just one episode. Uh, I'm thinking of possibly putting up at least two, 
maybe three episodes uh, straight away. So I want to record another one after this. I don't know how long they're going to be. The current recording is about 17 minutes. That's before any editing. I don't know how much editing I will do. I like the idea of just producing something, maybe even if it's just four or five minutes, maybe less, and just getting it up and out. Now, I will, I think, aim for a schedule. I know there are, I listen to some podcasts that put out daily. That's not going to happen. Far too busy with day-to-day life. I know some podcasts only put out weekly. That's fine. I know some podcasts put out less often. I think a, a schedule will be good. It might be that I change that schedule. Uh, I'd certainly like to get some content out there and get some people listening. And I think by getting some content out quickly and regularly, that would be good. I will obviously look for ideas. I will value suggestions from anyone as to what you might want to see. At the moment, I don't particularly want to go down the route of being an interview podcast. It might happen in the future. But there are some brilliant interview podcasts out there. Uh, particularly enjoying at the moment uh, Justin White, the Garage Avenger. He has a podcast called Make Ideas Reality. And yeah, he's done some really, really good interviews. That's certainly a podcast that I've been listening to. Whether it will be in perpetuity a solo podcast, uh, I, uh, I don't know. Again, talking of Vincent Ferrari, he started out a solo, solo podcast with Because We Make, and then Ethan joined him after about a dozen episodes. I don't know if it will go that way. I don't know. It's not going to be just about making. Uh, that's something that's really important to me. It's become really important to me over the last two years, uh, nearly three years, and I'll, I'll probably explain something about that in a later episode. But it'll be about other things too. Yeah, you, it's hard. One of the things I will talk about is work-life balance, and I'm learnt, I think, that you can't separate them. Your work is part of your life. But that's another topic for another episode. So there'll be other things I'll talk about that maybe aren't really making. I hope nobody minds that. Ultimately, this, this I might call this a little selfish project. I want to, I've never been one for writing journal type things. So I think in some ways this is going to become my journal. Something to think about. You might not like that as a listener. I'm hopefully going to talk about things that you will appreciate that you might want to listen to. I hope you do. 
at the moment I when I'm, as of recording this I don't know where this will go out YouTube for this video uh, it'll also go be prepared as an mp3 and I'll get that uploaded possibly through anchor because they offer a free facility for that uh, there may well I'll probably set up an Instagram and there'll be a web presence I'll tell you more about that as soon as I've got a few things sorted out but for now I think I'm going to say bye bye if you've got any comments or questions I'm sure you're smart enough to work out even if I haven't put anything here how to get hold of me Instagram Andy CPU or Andy P Creative YouTube Tales from Tinkerage also Andy P so there's four ways uh, if you're in one of the Facebook maker groups Fools for Tools we like to make stuff makers on YouTube small workshop YouTube makers then you'll find me those are places that you can get hold of me anyway once again bye for now